This is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, August 19th of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Headlining Farm News, White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro denies that the trade war with China is a drag on the economy or threatening the livelihoods of farmers. Navarro said Sunday on CNN. This president has the backs of farmers and all, all the money we're taking in our tariffs, a lot of that is going right to the farmers to keep us all. Let's make no mistake about it. China is targeting those farmers to buckle our knees. Navarro is talking about the market facilitation program, which USDA is funding with its borrowing authority through the Commodity Credit Corporation. The 2019 Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour kicked off today for its 27th year of taking a look at the nation's crops through boots-on-the-ground work. And with the delayed planting season for much of the Corn Belt, Pro Farmer editor Brian Great says this year is sure to be an interesting one, especially for the eastern leg of the crop tour. Well, I think the eastern Corn Belt obviously is the, the major issue this year. Areas of Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois really struggled. And so we are going to see crops probably like we've never seen before. With that said, it's also not a, uh, a barren wasteland across all that area. Uh, there will be crops to sample. Uh, we will sample them. It's going into fields, taking measurements, and uh, reporting what the, the average of those is coming out of, of the field. Greet says the big unknown in this year's crop tour is crop maturity. As one farmer put it, the calendar says it's mid-August, but the crops in the eastern Corn Belt look more like it's mid-July. The recent round of crop reports from USDA have done little to assure commodity markets the size of this year's harvest. Michael Clements has more. The Department of Agriculture's August crop production report surprised commodity markets, sending corn futures lower. American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist John Newton says the market didn't expect the amount of planted corn acres in the report. The crop report showed us that we had about 90 million acres of corn planted this year. That was down only about 1.7 million acres from the June acreage estimate. I think all eyes were on the corn number. Many in the trade expected that to be about 86 million acres and a yield of a 164, and we saw a yield of 169.5 left a lot of folks scratching their head on these particular numbers. The acreage numbers from USDA NAS don't match Farm Service Agency data. However, Newton says the gap of 5 million planted acres will decline. 5 million acres is as of their August crop estimate. They're going to update that again in September, October, all the way through January. And usually the gap between the FSA and the NAS number starts to narrow as we get towards January. So while it's 5 million acres today, it's definitely going to shrink and I think we'll converge Closer to that NAS 90 million acres number, but then the big question is what's our harvested area going to be? Newton says it's important to watch the yield numbers in following reports. I had an opportunity to visit with Indiana Farm Bureau members. Getting, they're talking about yield declines of 20%. That's larger than USDA's 12%. So I think the yield number in September's objective yield survey is where all eyes are going to be from now on. Michael Clements, Washington. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards has sent a letter to President Donald Trump requesting that he issue a major disaster declaration for the state of Louisiana due to flooding that occurred along the Mississippi River and its tributaries this year. The declaration would allow the federal government to supplement the flood fight costs for state and local agencies along with damages incurred. 
Numbers released last week by the U.S. Department of Agriculture confirm what many U.S. farmers already knew. The weather has made this year the worst planting season on record. Taking into account all acres where crops either failed or farmers did not plant, Louisiana had the highest percentage of affected agricultural land, followed by Massachusetts and Ohio. Former Louisiana Governor Kathleen Babineau Blanco passed away Sunday due to a rare form of cancer. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Dr. Mike Strain says Governor Blanco was a close friend. We worked together through many years. Uh, I served with her. I was a legislator, a young legislator. Uh, I was you know, just about 39 years of age, and, and, and I came into the legislature. She was there. In my second term, uh, I worked with her. She will be tremendously missed, but she will never be forgotten. She will always be in our hearts. Governor Blanco will lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda on Thursday. Over 1,000 farmers across the country will be awarded $2,500 to donate to a nonprofit organization in their community. It's under the American Farmers Grow Communities program from Bayer. And over the last 10 years, Bayer has awarded over $400,000 to nonprofits here in Louisiana. Don Molino has more. For over 10 years now, Bayer sponsored the America's Farmers Grow Communities program, which allows farmers across the country to donate $2,500 to nonprofits in their community. Angie Allen is a community outreach manager for Bayer. The program gives farmers the chance to enroll to win a $2,500 donation to direct to their favorite local nonprofit organization. Since 2010, the Grow Communities Program has awarded more than $33 million to thousands of nonprofits across the United States. How do farmers go about doing this? Um, it's really simple. Uh, farmers can go to www.americasfarmers.com, and they give us just a little bit of contact information, uh, name, address, phone number, and then um, they click submit. It's really that easy. It takes less than five minutes. And then um, in November, we will randomly select winners and uh, notify farmers to let them know if they've won and ask them who they want to direct the donation to. Louisiana has been a great benefactor of this program. More than $400,000 has has gone to uh, tons of nonprofits across the state of Louisiana. So lots of great things going on. Um, I can give you some uh, examples in, let's see, some local high schools, Central High School in Catahoula. East, Ca- uh, East Carroll is Briarfield Academy. In Madison, the Madison 4-H Foundation. In Morehouse, the Morehouse Black Farmers and Landowners. In Richland, the Care and Share Ministries. So lots of great things are going into your communities and happening in your communities with the funds from the America's Farmers Grow Communities Program. What's the deadline for submitting these uh, applications? Farmers have to enroll uh, before November 1st. And again, they can do that really simply by going to americasfarmers.com. That website again, americasfarmers.com. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The grain markets took a strong move lower on Monday with double-digit losses in both soybeans and rice. Virginia McGathy is with McGathy Commodities on the trading floor in Chicago. Dare I say that there is some room for it to, to fall further. I think that some of the managed funds that kind of liquidated their position, uh, I kind of made the market a little bit more unstable. And I know that there's, there's all like bearish news 
uh, uh, for corn right now. And uh, I think that there's just an exhaustion of the market going down is why they're not pushing it further. And uncertainty about what's happening with China and the trade war just keeps everybody always on edge. But the fact of the matter is Brazil has a big you know, uptick in their exports. We have a lot less. Uh, the weather is... You know, the weather hasn't been that great, but they've been saying that it's improving somewhat. Uh, that's just terrible for the corn market right now, and it's bringing down, uh, soybeans is down as well. And I think those things coupled together really have a lot of traders uh, very, very worried on the downside. And it, it seems like we're just like sinking into the sunset here. Uh, we're really looking for some kind of positive news. Hopefully tomorrow could be Turnaround Tuesday. September soybeans down 13 and a quarter, closing at 854. November beans down 13 and a quarter, 866 and a half. September corn down six cents, 365. December corn down six and a quarter, 374 and a half. September wheat was down five and a quarter, closing at 465 and a half. And as we mentioned, a strong move to the downside for rough rice. September rice down 17 cents, closing at 11.03 a hundredweight. November rice down 17 cents, 11.33. November sugar unchanged, 25.81 cents. Now with a look at the cotton markets, here's Don Molino. Cotton futures were lower on Monday. Parts of northern Texas and the southeastern U.S. did receive some rainfall over the weekend. Commitment of traders data through last Tuesday showed spec traders in cotton futures and options reducing their net short position to 44,642 contracts. The Cotton A index unchanged on August 16th to 70.90 a pound. And the weekly average world price is 52.22 a pound, a slight decline from last week but still above loan rate. At New York Monday afternoon, October cotton 59.18 down 90. December 59.24, down 89. March cotton finished at 60.05, down 67. The spot market price for North and South Delta both finished today Monday at 56.18, down 90. At the Oklahoma National Stockyards on Monday, all classes of feeder cattle sold 4 to $6 higher. The fed cattle market took a hit last week, which we definitely expected. Of course, that big fire at the Tyson Packing Plant in Kansas sent cattle futures limit down for two days in a row, and that was reflected in our cash-fed cattle market last week. We saw packers purchase a few hundred cattle in Kansas at 107 over the weekend on Saturday. Nebraska lye prices mainly at 106, dress prices mostly 172 on the rail. Trade in Texas and Kansas reported at 105 last week. That's $5 lower. On the futures market, October live cattle up 27, closing at $100.20. August feeder cattle up 110, closing at 135.67. Corn and rice harvest is underway all over the state of Louisiana. We'll head up to Richland Parish to visit with Dustin Morris. He is right in the middle of his corn harvest. We'll get an update on how harvest is going so far this year and how his other crops are looking. We'll visit with Dustin Morris next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. As the old saying goes, close only counts in horseshoes. So why take the chance with weather information when it comes to critical decisions with your fields? It's time to experience pinpoint field-level forecasts that are 40% more accurate than the competition. Experience the DTN Ag Weather Station. With this level of information, you'll know exactly what's happening at any time in your actual fields. 
This allows you to plant, spray, and harvest with a new degree of precision. Head to DTN.com today to learn more. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Our guest on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast is Dustin Morris. He is a soybean, corn, and cotton farmer from Richland Parish. Dustin, I know you are running full speed right now on corn harvest. How are things going so far up there in your part of Louisiana? They're going well. We're uh, we're kind of uh, maybe 60% done with uh, corn harvest and um, things are, you know, moving on along pretty well. Weather's been good to us, so everything's going pretty smooth. You're one of the first corn farmers I saw harvesting. You got out there really early this year. What was the reason behind that? Well, you know, we have a we got a you know a long way to go with two machines, and um, we like to really get started early just to get get our dryer running, and uh, it kind of gets us buys us a week or ten days to uh, just allows us to get more done with the amount of machinery that we have by starting really early. So did you have some pretty high moisture corn coming out that early? We did. We started at around 28%. Um, of course, in the, the heat in Louisiana, you know, it doesn't take long to dry it down and get it below 20 um, in the field. So, we, you know, we, we only ran the dryer about 10 days, and, and then the moisture was down to the point that we could just go straight in the bins. So it's a pretty short-lived deal, but 10 days gets us a lot of, lot of acres cut. Well, how'd the yields look on it? You know... We've been very blessed in that um, our yields are good. Um, I know that there's some, uh, you know, there's some people that have, didn't have good weather and have got some really tough, you know, tough times. But um, we were, we're in a really good spot, and um, our yields are doing really well. We're happy. Well, let's switch over to soybeans, Dustin. How are the beans looking this year? You know, they they look pretty good. Um, you know, it is until you put a until you put a header in them. You, you hate to, to, you know, take a guess at what they're going to do, but they look good. I mean, I'm I'm positive, or you know, I have a positive attitude about them. I think we got a pretty good crop. I don't know that it's a bumper crop or a record or anything, but I think it's a good solid soybean crop. So, when are you going to put a combine into those? Uh, you know, we haven't even sprayed any of the mocks on yet. I would say it's probably going to be another three weeks before we before we start harvesting soybeans. Well, Dustin, I know you also have a cotton crop in the ground this year. How's that cotton looking? You know, the cotton crop's kind of hit or miss. I've got some that, that we think is really good, and, and we've got some that's um, not so good. You know, it didn't ever, it never grew off really well, and I uh, didn't establish the, the, the size that we would like to have on it. So it's kind of all over the board. Uh, I think overall we have a pretty decent cotton crop, but it's not quite what I would, you know, not what I'd like to have. What kind of stage are you in on the development of that cotton crop right now, Dustin? Uh, so I've got some cotton that's starting to open, um, and then uh, some of the younger cotton is, is still got another week or so before it cuts out. So, you know, we may pick a little cotton in the month of September, but probably not. Most of it will be harvested in October. So how far are you out on getting a cotton picker in the field this fall? You know, I'd say we're six weeks uh, before we before we pick any, and it may be eight before I really get fired up and uh, you know wide open. So it's, we kind of have a late cotton crop overall. 
Well, was that a result of uh, having trouble getting it into the field, getting yeah. it in the ground yeah. this year? Yeah, being cold and wet uh, as late as it was, we were just – we knew cotton seed was short and we didn't take the chance of planting early and, uh, you know, just for the fright of not having enough good seed to replant with if we did have a problem. So we waited till we thought the conditions were ideal and, and we were able to get a good stand, but it just kind of threw us behind and just um, dealing with a late crop. How has insect pressure been for you this year, Dustin, uh, in both uh, cotton and beans? Any any big problems to talk about? Well, the, the beans haven't been too bad, really. I mean, um, you know, a few stink bugs here and there, but nothing major. We haven't we haven't run into loopers yet. Um, but the cotton, I, I feel like, you know, it seems like we spray it every 10 days for something, whether it's worms or plant bugs or, you know, stink bugs. There's always something messing with the cotton. I wouldn't say that it's an exceptionally heavy year, but uh, it's it's definitely had its issues. Has weed pressure been an issue with all of this rain that we've had this year? It has. Um, you know, it's, it's not been excessive, but I would say that it's more than normal, you know, that we've had to, to fight weeds. Um, you know, thankful the technologies we have that allow us to, to fight the weeds. It would be tough if we were trying to do it like like we did it 20 years ago. Well, Dustin, I know it is hot out there, my friend. You be careful and uh, stay safe during this harvest season, okay? All right. Thank you, Terry. Have a good one. And that wraps up the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Monday, August 19th. We'll see you next time, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. At Voice of LA Ag. We'll see you next time right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.